Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. Well, stand with me if you would. So good to have you, uh, or to be with you guys today. We're going to be, we're, go ahead and stand up. We're going to be sitting for a little bit. So just move around. Uh, good to be with you. I love your pastors. Aren't they amazing people? They really are. Come on, just give them a hand if you would. They're wonderful people, and I've had the honor to be here a number of times, and it's just incredible what God is doing through the life of this church all over this region. It's not normal. It's not happening everywhere, but it's happening here, and I want to encourage you to lean in and be a big part of it. It's, uh, it's really inspiring, and again, such a joy and an honor uh, to be here, and uh, Pastor Mel and Kim, your beautiful family, your wonderful staff. Uh, again, my name's Sam. I have the privilege of uh, being the senior pastor network of churches we call Freedom Life. My wife, wife Michelle, is not able to be here. This year, we'll celebrate 25 years of marriage. Isn't that crazy? 25 years. Clap for her. You have no idea the toll that takes on a person. That poor woman. Um, and I have five children, and because we like each other a lot, my two sons are with me, uh, Carter and Colby, right over here. And uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, we're just so fortunate to be with you. Now, whenever I speak, I like to open up with an attempt at humor. Is that okay? All right, here we go. Um, let's, do, let's do this one. Uh, the local news station was interviewing an 80-year-old lady because she had just gotten married for the fourth time. The interviewer asked her questions about her life about what it felt like to be married again at 80, and then about her new husband's occupation. He's a funeral director, she answered. Interesting, the newsman thought. He then asked if she wouldn't mind telling him a little about her first three husbands and what they did for a living. She paused for a few moments, needing time to reflect on all those years. After a short time, a smile came to her face, and she answered proudly, explaining that she had married first a banker when she was in her 20s, a circus ringmaster when she was in her 40s, and a preacher when she was in her 60s, now in her 80s, a funeral director. The interviewer looked at her quite astonished and asked her why she had married men with such distinct and diverse careers. She smiled and explained, well, I married one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. That's so cheesy. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope it gets better than that. Dear Lord, I hope it gets better than that. It's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, I turn to your second choice that you didn't talk to and just say, you look so much better than last week. Come on, give him some love. You look better. You're getting better with age. So I'm going to pray in just a moment before you're seated. I want to pray. And so Blairsville online, unless you're driving, stand up. Come on, we're going to pray together. I'm going to encourage you. And we're going to go into God's word. God's word. This book is a love letter of God's love for you. You know, I had shared it when the previous times, uh, I think last night, that uh, Pastor Mel uh, took the time to come to uh, the funeral service that I conducted for my father in December, and I was so surprised to see him there and so appreciative, and he's been such a blessing and a great friend. And I was sharing how my mom gave me a letter. My dad had written letters. He had been sick uh, on and off for the last 20 years, Vietnam vet, a lot of different things. And, and uh, he had written us letters as kids. And, and this letter, I, I finally had uh, 
taken the moment and kind of processed it and read. And, you know, you said things like, you know, I'm so glad I got to be your dad and so proud of you and loved you and really meaningful, those things. And, and I know that many here, as I share that, are like, I never had that experience. Maybe you didn't have a good earthly father. You didn't have, uh, you're not having good experience right now. And you wonder if God loves you. I just want to, want to let you know that God loves you so much more than you think that he does. For God so loved the world, he sent Jesus. God's revealed himself in his word. And so if nobody's ever told you that, and this is the very, very first time you're hearing, hearing this, God gave his very best for you, and he loves you so much. And we're going to jump into this word, and I believe it's alive, it's powerful, and it's about to change your world. Are you ready? All right, come on, let's pray. Father, I pray over these next few moments, as we open our hearts and we open your word, I pray that you'd speak to us, that you'd change us, that we'd never be the same again. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Come on, turn to your neighbor again and tell him it's about to get slap your papa good. Come on, tell him that right now. It's about to get slap your papa good. I want to talk to you today about this idea of mountain moving faith. By a show of hands, how many of you love the mountains? You would rather live here. You love a mountain view. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Uh, By another show of hands, how many of you would prefer an ocean view? Come on, where are you? You're just saying that because it's like two degrees outside, right? But the ocean sounds sounds really good. So we're going to talk about mountains for a few moments. And and, uh, mountains are beautiful. I grew up in Center County. We moved out of the city when I was a kid. They're beautiful. I love the beach as well. My wife is from Florida, so we try to get there to the beach as much as we can. But as I talk about mountains today, I'm talking about it uh, from a perspective of mountains being what they represent oftentimes in scriptures of being difficulties, uh, being uh, dead ends, or a place of discouragement. So I want to read to you from Mark chapter 11, verse 22, and it says this. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, excuse me, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So Jesus is saying you need to speak to mountains. Now, you can have whatever you say. Now, the context of that is is we can have whatever is according to the will of God. How do you know what the will of God is? Well, you get into the word of God. So you can say, I want a Lambo. It doesn't mean that you're going to be the proud owner of a new Lamborghini. Uh, I wanted to be six foot four, four, tall, dark, and handsome. But I can have what God has for me, and he still enabled me to marry up and have an amazing wife and family. Well, as you get into God's word and you, and you grow, you understand and you can have confidence that you are who God says that you are. You can have what God says that you can have, and you can fulfill the purpose that he has placed you on the planet. Now, as I mentioned, mountains oftentimes represent difficulties, discouragement, and dead ends that lead to, or that have the potential to lead to, unbelief. 
Now, as we came out of 2021, we're all very excited. It's a new year, and it's different now. And we woke up in that new year, and we looked. And if we're honest, some of, some of us have seen the same mountain that we saw in 2021. It showed up in 2022. Some of us went to sleep, and a new mountain appeared. You're like, I wasn't expecting that bill. I wasn't expecting that relationship to go sour. I wasn't expecting that challenge with my child. And when the issues of life begin to happen, because they will. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Aren't you glad you came today? Come on. Just so encouraging. You're going to have trouble, but it doesn't stop there. Take heart. I have overcome the world. So if it's not good yet, God's not done yet. And if you'll get your faith up and begin to believe again, as we're going to push you today, and then you're going to be speaking to mountains. And I'm telling you that mountain is about to move. The mountain of debt, that healing, that breakthrough that you've been believing for. Faith is about to rise in this place. And God is going to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask, think, or imagine. Shove your neighbor right now and tell him, get ready, get ready. Get, don't really shove them. Just, just be nice to them. Are you ready? All right, here we go. I want to uh, read a scripture to you. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11. And it says this. Now faith, everybody say faith. Come on, loud enough, Blairsville. Everybody together, loud enough to annoy your neighbor. Everybody say faith. Faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the world, world uh, was framed by the word of God. And your world can still be framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, I love this quote that uh, I found not too long ago. And it says this. Faith is to believe what God has already said. God, I'm trusting in what you have already said, revealed in your word. That's so powerful. 66 books, uh, 40 different authors over a span of 1,500 years with one story and uh, a story of God's love, his promises. It's alive, powerful, and can change your life and your world. I believe, God, what you said. To remember what God has already done. Do you remember when you were broke and you prayed, God, if you'll just help me uh, pay this bill. Do you remember when you needed, you're like, I need a date. And God uh, organized that. You're believing for a spouse and now you're married. You're believing for a kid and now you have a, you have a baker's dozen. You are believing for all these things and you've forgotten some of the prayers that you've prayed. But if you just pause in a moment and say, you know what? God, as I think back of all the prayers that I've prayed, you've been so good to me. I remember what you've done and it motivates you on the inside to believe again. And to receive by faith what he has already given. Now here's the thing about faith. A lot of times we look at other people and we say, wow, I wish I had faith like you. I don't have those stories and I don't feel like God hears me or listens to me. Can I let you in on a little secret? Everyone feels that way, even if they have great stories. And I got some great ones I'm going to share with you today. We wonder, God, are you there? And we go through difficulties, no matter how great our faith may seem in the moment. Everyone, uh, everyone has struggles and doubts and, and has the potential to go into unbelief when mountains show up in our lives and in our world. But you need to know this, that everyone, everybody say everyone, everyone has faith. Romans 12, 3 says, each one has a measure of faith. 
Everybody has a, a little bit of faith. So you may not feel like it, but when you place your trust in Jesus, like that little bit of faith saved your soul, changed your eternity, and is changing your present, and you're walking now in the abundant life that God has for you. If you say, uh, I, I, don't have, I don't have faith, how many of you have ever taught a teenager how to drive before? Come on. That means you have a lot of faith right there. I've done that a few times. Now, the issues in life, you just need to know that everyone has faith. The question is, is where are you placing that faith and in who are you placing it in? Now, just a little bit of faith can move your mountain, your difficulty, your discouragement, the despair that you're facing, just a little bit of faith can change absolutely everything in your life. In Matthew 17, 20, uh, it says this. If you have faith the grain, like a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, a mustard seed is just a tiny little seed. It's, it's not big, it's just, it's just tiny, and you can go through and you can study in the original language and you can do you know, background uh, studying all this. It's very interesting, and, and I've done that, and I love it, but the whole point, what Jesus was saying, if you just have a little bit of faith, it can change your world. If you just have a little bit of faith, it can change absolutely everything. Now, everyone has faith. Everybody's been given a measure of faith, and if you just use that little bit of faith, then your world can change in ways that you, you're wondering if it could. But today I'm here to tell you to take the limits off God and believe again because God has more in store for you. Luke 137 says, with God, nothing will be or nothing is impossible. Just a little bit changes everything. Uh, I, I loved, uh, I shared this at our last, last service and years ago, my wife sent me to go pick up the pizza uh, because we were having one of those nights where we didn't feel like cooking. So in America, uh, when you don't feel like cooking, you get Chinese food or you get pizza. Come on, somebody. And so she sent me on her behalf, it was the Royal We, and I went to go pick up the pizza and I got there and I was like, God, I said, pepperoni, right? He's like, oh, it's anchovies. Well, I didn't have a lot of time. I knew the kids were hungry. They were younger at the time. We had other stuff to do. I'm like, I wasn't really thinking about it because I didn't really know what anchovies were because I don't eat them. And I said, no big deal. I'll take it. I'll just take them off when I get home and we'll eat it. It's no big deal. Well, I never thought to myself that there's actually people that would ruin pizza by putting seafood and fish on top of it. Where's my, where's my anchovy people? Come on, this is confession time, church, where are you? There's a few, yeah, yeah, and uh, that's admirable that, that you could do that, but I, it was, it was, I didn't know what it was, and, but I went home and I, I peeled off real quick without tell, telling anybody all the anchovies and then everybody got the pizza and started to eat and they all had the same face, that face like, what is wrong with this pizza? Because those little things, that flavor went all over that pizza and it all tasted like anchovies. Now, I, that taught me a very valuable lesson, that just a little bit can change a lot. It can change the flavor of everything, of everything in your life and in, in your world. And I want to encourage you today that uh, you may say, I have so much going on and I just don't know how it can change. Just a little bit of faith, I'm telling you, can change everything. And you can taste and see that the Lord is good and you can rise up and begin to believe again. And God can do uh, amazing things in and through your life. Now in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so if you're lacking in faith, it's because you haven't been in the word. 
So today, if you get back into the word, faith will begin to rise. If you're lacking in faith today, you don't need to go on Facebook. You don't need to set an appointment with your pastor, though he's great, would give you wise counsel and others. You need to set an appointment with the Holy Spirit of God. Open up this book and let God speak to you. And the faith, faith will begin to stir in your heart and will begin to rise because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I'm gonna take you to the word of God and to a scripture and, and to a, a place in Matthew chapter eight. It's a story uh, about Jesus healing uh, sown in a dramatic way. So are you ready? All right, here we go. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. Bold. And then he said, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, Go, and they go, come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, Do this, they do it. Notice he didn't say, I tell my children to do it, and they clean their room, because authority only goes through far, so far, right, parents? Come on. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and he, turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. So we're gonna pause for a moment. This is a big moment. I mean, Jesus is saying like, this guy right here, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. So I don't know about you, I wanna have great faith because I wanna fulfill God's plan and destiny for my life. God plucked me out of eternity, you as well, placed you on the planet for such a time as this, and he wants to prosper you and use you for his purpose, his kingdom. So if you're on the earth today and you're sucking oxygen, you might as well fulfill the destiny and plan that God's placed you here for. But to do that, you need to, you need to have a little faith. So I wanna know what this guy had, so what is that faith? He said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And then he goes on to say in verse 11, I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from the east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it was really happy for a moment. And then Jesus is like, <laughs> he seemingly kind of went dark there. Like, hey, all these people, like they're all going to hell, but stay with me. And then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. So I'm gonna give you some thoughts from that passage of scripture, but I wanna answer the fundamental question. What was so great about this guy's faith? that Jesus hadn't seen anything like it as he went around in Israel. What was so amazing? Well, this is what was so amazing. That Roman centurion, that leader, he didn't know the scriptures. He didn't know the hundreds of prophecies that foretold the birth of a Messiah that would come, where he would live, how he would die, that he'd resurrect from the grave with such great specificity that it's mathematically impossible to occur. The Jewish leaders did, but he didn't. He didn't have all the customs and the tour and all these things. He was just a Gentile, a Roman who had heard about Jesus. And those who should have believed in him, they treated Jesus as common, as ordinary, not as the Messiah. But the one who shouldn't have believed in him said, you know what? I believe, I see what you guys don't see. 
See, you just see the, 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 this guy named Jesus that's doing different things, but I see my Messiah, my Savior, the one that can do something about my circumstance, do something about my predicament. And he placed his faith in Jesus. Now, why was his faith great? Because he came with simple, childlike faith and said, Lord, I believe in you. For such is the kingdom of heaven. So you, know, you want to have great faith? We just need to become just like a little child. If you tell a little children, a little child they're going to have something, they'll believe you. And I want to encourage you uh, today just to have that childlike faith again. See, the, uh, life has a tendency to kind of beat that out of us, doesn't it? Like everything was good, and then I lost my job, then I lost my dog, then I wrote a country song about it. Then I went, you know what I'm saying? I mean, life, like things happen in life. And all of a sudden, your, your marriage was good, and then it's changed. All of a sudden, your kids were awesome, and now there's a new mountain. Like you went to sleep, and the next day, a new mountain, a new challenge, a new obstacle was in your path. And we get tired, and we get all exhausted, and we get frustrated. And, but I want to teach you today how to have that mountain-moving, childlike faith that the centurion did. Jesus did an amazing thing and healed this paralyzed. He didn't even go. He just said, because you believe, it's already happened. Have faith. So how do you and I do that? What does that look like? Let's talk about it for a few moments. Number one, about faith. You need to know that faith sees. See, the centurion saw something that those around Jesus did not see. And I just want to ask you this question. What are you seeing today? Do you only have a mountain view are you only looking at the challenge in front of you or are you looking to the mountain mover? You know, I have this coin that we rummaged out of uh, Mel's desk that has no cash value whatsoever. And uh, I, I wanted to get this coin because if you're to go outside right now, I don't know if the sun is out today. If it is, it doesn't feel like it, does it? But uh, you know, if you were to go outside and you were to look up, the sun is massive. It's much bigger than the earth. It's huge. Yet if you take that coin and you place it right in front of your eye, real close, you can block out this massive sun. It's all that you see. And some of us, if we're being honest right now, all that we see are the challenges. All that we see is uh, what God hasn't seemingly answered yet. What the prayers that have been unanswered, the difficulties that we're still going through. And it's easy to do that because when you're in pain and you're in a challenge, it's hard to see anything else. But I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you today to say, you know what? I'm going to begin to see with faith today. I'm not just looking at the mountain that's obviously right in front of me. I am looking to the one that can move the mountain. And I'm going to believe again today because if I have just a little bit of faith, I can speak to that mountain and I can command it to be removed. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, we walk by, okay, let's try it again. You ready? Here we go. We walk by and not by, we walk by and not by, that's a problem for me because every, t every time I'm awake, I walk by sight, yet I have to, I'm supposed to walk by faith. It's hard for us to do that, but it's not impossible. We just have to make a decision that we believe what God says over what man says. 
That we believe that, uh, that the mountain mover can move whatever obstacles in our path that's keeping us back from uh, God's design and his desire for one and, all, our one and only life. So my question for you today is what do you see? Can you begin to see with eyes of faith? Can you begin to look beyond your mountain and believe again? You don't need a lot of faith. You just need a little. Just a little childlike faith and say, God, I believe. Don't focus on the wrong things. I got a phone call from my son. He is in Phoenix uh, going to Hillsong College, and he's 19. He's an excellent young man. And over the last few months, he's been calling me because he had a flat tire. Okay, here's what you need to do to take care of it, and uh, you're going to do great. And he's learning how to become a man and be responsible and take care of things. And then he had an issue with his car battery, and he got it fixed, and then it went dead again. He had to go back, and, and he had reoccurring issues. Well, he called me the other night at an abnormal time. I was getting ready uh, to uh, uh, do a, a leaders meeting uh, that I had, but I got a phone call and I just stepped out for a moment because when your kids call at like those times you're not expecting, you always just want to make sure everything's okay. And I said, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, uh, I have an issue with the car. I'm like, oh, is it that battery again? He's like, no. <laughs> No, that's not what it is. He's like, I was in the, uh, the parking lot. Uh, I was getting gas and I was trying to leave and there was two cars and I was trying to get around them. And, and you know those, those, those barriers, those things? And I was like, yeah, like the, the bollards, you know, that are there blocking the gas station. Yeah, yeah. or the, you know, where you get the gas. Yeah, yeah, He's like, well, I kind of scraped one of them. And I said, kind of, send me a picture. So he sent me a picture. How do you know that's the understatement of the year right there? If he ever calls me and says, I'm kind of sick, I'm going to say, call 911 immediately. You might be dead. I mean, that is a serious scrape. And, and so I said, hey, here's what you need to do. I said, did you learn from it? Do you know what you did wrong? I know what I did wrong. Okay, great. Just call the insurance. We'll get it fixed. It's all good. What was his issue? He was focused on the wrong things. And because he was focused on the wrong things, <laughs> the wrong things showed up and happened in his world, and they showed up in mine as well. And a mountain came. But if you fix your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith, Jesus, he is well able to meet your needs. You know, in our church, uh, we, the church was 50 years old last year. I've been there uh, for 24 years, which is hard to believe. I came after Bible college. I was a youth pastor for four years. And I've been leading for now almost 20 years. And what happened uh, is we, we set this vision about 10 years ago where we were believing, we called it a decade of destiny. And I said, man, if we're gonna stay here in the side of the hill in the middle of nowhere, like we gotta do more. We gotta do more missions, plant churches. We gotta do more because I, I believe that God is big. I may live in a small area, but my spirit's not small, my faith's not small, and I'm not living small. I'm living the big life that God's had for me. So we're gonna help plant 100 churches. We're gonna open up locations. We're gonna sell this building. We're gonna buy land, move a new location, build a big building for the future. We're gonna see thousands of people come to Jesus. And the last 10 years have been absolutely amazing. The one thing that didn't happen though is we hadn't yet sold that building. About 35,000 square feet, side of the hill, middle of nowhere. Just in case you're wondering, there's not a large market for old churches and small communities uh, that are uh, that size, especially someone willing to pay full price. And I told our church, like, here's the dream. We're going to sell 
We're going to sell that building. It's worth a few million dollars, and that's going to be a part of the money that we're raising, and they're going to move forward into the future. So we bought 32 acres on a main road. We paid it off. We have all of our plans drawn up and, and what it looks like in a dream. It's the 50th year of our church. It's the end of our decade of destiny last year. And I was like, God, we have tried for years to sell this, and no one will buy it. I feel like the guy that can't get a date. No one, I, I just, I, I, I need you to help me out, Lord, because I have this big vision. I've been telling people in faith that we're going to do it, but I'm beginning to doubt that we will ever do it. Whispers were coming through the church like, man, that'd be great if that would happen, but who would buy that? And I would speak faith, but I'd say, yeah, I think the same thing. I have no idea who's going to buy this. And so I said, this is really dramatic, Lord. It's 50 years, so it's the year of Jubilee. It's the end of the decade of destiny. It would be really great if you could show up now. We've prayed for a long time and we're stuck. We're not moving forward because a few million dollars, you know, unless somebody walks in, is holding us back from getting started. And I have this, this big building, so what's going to happen? Our realtor, uh, at the end of uh, 2020, he said, we've tried everything that we can. You don't have to sign back up with us if you don't want to. And I said, well, you guys have done great. I feel you know, like we're supposed to be with you. You've been good to us, uh, so we'll stick with it. In January of 2021, I got a phone call and he said, hey, we may have a couple that is interested in the property. I said, well, I've heard that before. What's the deal? I said, a couple. Well, an older couple, they very generous people. Uh, they heard about your vision uh, through our realtor and they're interested in possibly helping you out. And I'm like, well, can I meet them? And he's like, well, they're going to come and see the property. Well, I was out of town uh, when, they, when they came in. I said, well, how did it go? And they're like, it went great. I talked to the realtor. They're going to come back again. They're talking about it. I said, well, that sounds good. At least they didn't say no. So you're saying there's a chance. And, and so they came back and I was out of town again. And I'm like, wow, I guess God really doesn't want me to screw this up. And so uh, they came, they walked through the building again. And uh, after all these different things. They never met me. I never shared my story with them. I had no part in any of it. God just sovereignly moved and a couple that we did not know, Christian couple, older, generous, and another church in the community decide, decided they were going to buy a 35,000 square foot, 40 plus year old church building to eventually give to another nonprofit. They don't even have, know what they're going to do with it just to help me and our vision move forward into the future. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty exciting. If you were me, you'd be pretty excited. And you may say, well, that's good for you. Listen, God's no respecter of persons. If he'll answer my prayer, he'll answer yours. And if he can call someone that doesn't even know me to show up and give a few million dollars for something they don't even need just to get our church to where God wants it to be, what do you think God can do in your one and only life? He can heal you. He can touch you. He can restore you. He can change absolutely everything. Can you see it? Faith sees. Second thing, quickly. Well, let me read this to you. Faith is visualizing the future and the present. It means seeing the future in advance. People say seeing is believing. God says the exact opposite. Believing is seeing. Some things you'll never see unless you believe them first. I love what it says in Romans 8.32. It says, since God did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Can I just tell you that God's already solved your biggest problem? 
the mountain of sin that you lived with and I live with, sin, sickness, and shame. He sent Jesus and he's already solved our biggest issue. Everything else pales in comparison. You can trust him. Here's the second thing. Faith doesn't only see, but faith speaks. So what are you saying? What are you saying and what are you, what are you saying? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter four to guard our hearts above all things because out of it flows the issues of life. See, the evidence of what's going on in our lives are the words that we say. Jesus said you need to speak to the mountain. But I don't know about you, I can be really fluent in whinies. I can be a big whiner about the issues of life. How about you? I mean, I can talk about the mountain, what I'm going through, woe is me. And the reality is, is Jesus never said to talk about the mountain. He said to speak to your mountain because your, your, uh, your faith is voice activated. In 1 Corinthians 4.13, it says, It is written, I believed, therefore I've spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith on the inside of us, we also believe, therefore we speak. The words that come out of your mouth are declarations of what's in your heart. See, the centurion came to Jesus and he saw what others did not see. That's why he came to Jesus. And then he asked Jesus in faith with his words because he believed, Jesus, would you, would you heal my servant? In that same way, I wanna encourage you to get your hopes up again. I want to encourage you to let those dreams that have died to come alive again. I want to challenge you to believe again and stop speaking doubt and start speaking faith. Stop talking about your mountain. It's there. You know it. Everyone around you knows it. The family's heard the story before. What they need to hear you saying is, Father, I thank you that my marriage is about to be restored. I thank you that the prodigal is coming home. God, I thank you that you're going to meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory. I don't see how it's going to happen in the natural, but I'm not walking in the natural. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. And I'm telling you, when you get into agreement with God, God begins to move. Every time you use your faith, your season begins to change. I want to challenge you and ask you that question again. What are you saying? What are you posting online? It's evidence of what's on the inside. So how about to say, you don't have to feel guilty about, oh man, I'm a whiner too. Man, I've been doing this. And if you just saw my Facebook and you all the, just say, you know what? Today, I'm making a change. Today, I'm seeing things differently. My eyes are fixed on the author and the finisher of my faith, Jesus. I know he's well able. So I'm not staying broke, busted, and disgusted. I'm coming out blessed, highly favored, head and not the tail. Blessing cannot be cursed, above and not beneath. I will become all that God has for me. I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm gonna go further than mommy and daddy went. I'm not limited by my past. I'm not limited by what I did. I am gonna move forward into all that God has for me. I'm speaking the mountains and I'm declaring them to be moved. I wanna encourage you in this moment just to decide that you're not gonna stay put and develop a mountain view when you were born to see the ocean. Don't stop where you are short of the divine destiny. There's people that'll be in heaven because of your obedience when you take that step of faith. The generations will thank you because you said, you know what? I'm not gonna be a victim any longer. I'm called to be a victor in Jesus' name and I'm stepping up and I'm stepping out. Here's the last thought. Faith acts. Faith sees, what are you seeing? Faith speaks, what are you saying? And faith acts.
what are you doing? Jesus said to the servant, he said, you can go, he's healed now. By faith, you know, it's made him well. He's healed because you believed. And then he went home, which meant he believed what Jesus said. And when he got home is when he saw the evidence of what Jesus had done. I love that. Today, how about you just say, you know what? My mountain didn't move yet, but I'm moving to my mountain because I expect the mountain to be moved. I'm not waiting for it to leave. I'm not standing there just hoping. Faith without works is dead. I'm getting up and I'm getting ready. Meaning if it's a mountain of debt, I'm opening up a savings account and I'm signing up for the financial uh, uh, ministry and group in the church because I'm coming out of that in Jesus' name. I'm gonna be the lender and not the bar. I'm gonna be blessed and not cursed. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna push forward. I'm gonna fund the kingdom. I'm gonna do amazing things uh, by God's grace in this way. You know what? I have faith today. And so I'm not, I'm not giving up. And so I'm, I'm not gonna just give up. I'm believing and healing. But because of my faith, I'm gonna start dieting and exercise. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to take care of myself because I believe I'm going to live long in the land. I believe that a generational blessing is coming from me. So I'm preparing for it in faith. I can see it. I'm talking about it, but now I'm acting it out in in, in faith. Now here's the deal. Preparation is proof that you have not given up. And if you're to say today, you know what? I'm going to start loving my spouse like uh, they're the person that I thought I married or they once were. I'm not waiting for them. I'm going to start acting as if our marriage is healed. I'm not waiting for my children to stop acting a fool or whatever the case may be. I'm going to start speaking over their destiny and prophesying over them and encouraging them. I'm not waiting for things to change in the natural. By faith, I'm making a move to the mountain because I've spoken to it and I believed and it's about to be removed. Your obedience proves your faith. I want to challenge you to take a step today. To say, you know what, this year, this year will be no different than last year unless you take a step of faith. But today, if you take a step of faith, well, how do I do that, Sam? You just make a decision that you're going to fix your eyes on Jesus the author and finisher of your faith. For some of you, that means for the very first time that you you stop trying to be good enough and you just understand that you can't be and you come to God's forgiveness and grace and mercy that's found in Jesus. That you're not fixing your eyes on the circumstance and everything that hasn't worked out, but you say, Jesus, I trust you. I'm not staring at the mountain anymore, but I'm looking to the mountain mover. Then you make a decision today and you say, you know what? I'm gonna start talking different. I'm gonna start praying different. Some of you, if you're honest, you've just stopped praying for things because it hasn't happened. But can I encourage you? The miracle is already in motion. See, years ago when I was praying that someone would buy that, that property, it may seem like a small thing to you, but everything that we had worked for for 10 years was stopped and there was seemingly no answer, pandemic, financial issues, all those things, who would possibly do that? It is not your job to figure out God's part. It's your job to do your part. And you know what your part is? 
and say, you know what? I'm praying and I'm speaking to the mountain. So Father, I thank you. I don't know who's going to do it, but you're bringing a buyer. I thank you that you're going to do a miracle. And you know when it happened, I told our church, God just didn't do that for us to build a building, although we're building an ark for the saving of generations, and it's going to be amazing. God did it to show you that he's not limited in any area of your life, and you didn't think that could happen. Guess what would happen if you'd believe in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your career, in your health, and your circumstance. I'm telling you, God is able. But you just got to get uncomfortable and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Real quick, I want to close with this story. There's a city named City 40, also known as Ozersk. You can watch a documentary about it online. You can Google it later. It's the birthplace of the Soviet nuclear weapons program after the Second World War. It looked like a lovely place to visit, Uh, From inside, it had all the charm of the European capital, beautiful parks, broad public squares, lakes, thousands of people going about their day. And most of all, uh, the people that lived there, uh, they, they enjoyed being there. They were told that when you live here, no one can know about it. It was a city that didn't exist for many, many years. Uh, But you're saving, you're saving Russia. And so they went there with that belief. It was guarded from the outside, but it was a place where they were free to leave. They were paid more than others under communism. They had a higher income. They had more benefits, beautiful city. Nobody wanted to go. They just didn't realize that this place that seemed like such a blessing was a place that ultimately was the most polluted place on earth. Those beautiful lakes they swam in and and went on boat rides was filled with plutonium. All of them were dying and they didn't realize it. Cancer would riddle their bodies. All children, now generations, are all born with deformities. The life expectancy is very low. Yet still to this day, many choose to live there. Though they're free to leave. Because they've gotten comfortable in their mountain view. And the enemy would love nothing more than you to grow comfortable in your sin in your sickness and in your shame. He'd love for you to grow comfortable and staying where you are instead of what God's spoken to your heart where he's called you to be for the saving of many lives. And I wanna invite you online, Blairsville, those of you in the house, if you'd stand with me, I'd like to pray for you. And I'd like to pray that today would be the day where you say, I'm not staying here. It may be comfortable, it may be beautiful, But if I stay here, I'll die here. And that mountain that's blocking my way, God said that he could move it. But I just need to pray and believe. And so I'm stirring up my faith again and I'm trusting the Lord in all things. And I'm believing that those those mountains in front of me, they'll move and I'm just gonna obey the Lord and I'm gonna move forward into the plans and the purpose that he has for me. It's a decision that you can make. Some of you for the very first time, Others of you, you've just grown weary, but it's time to dream again. It's time to believe again. It's time to pray again. Don't go back to plan B. Last year, before it was sold, I was telling my wife, well, you know, maybe we'll open a daycare or maybe we'll do this. We'll figure out a way to monetize it. I don't know what to do. We got to raise this money. I'm frustrated. And then I had to get back and say, God, I'm believing you for it. You put it in my heart. I believe that you can do it. I'm telling you, if you'll just believe, God can do amazing things. So would you lift your hands to heaven? Father, I thank you for my friends. Lord, what a privilege and a joy it is to be with them. 
And Lord, I believe this is your word for them today. Lord, they would believe again. Lord God, that they would see different, (laughs) they would speak different, and they'd begin to act according to that faith. They'd honor you, they'd obey, even when it doesn't seem like there's gonna be any way. Lord, that, that obedience, that preparation, Lord God, is gonna move them. And today we just choose to speak to the mountains. We command them to be removed. And I thank you by faith that they're gonna step into the destiny and to the future that God has for them. And there's not a demon in hell that can hold back your plan and your purpose for them. I ask it, I declare it, I prophesy it over their lives. Right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Come on, let's give God praise this morning and thank him for his goodness.